the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Look what it says. They preached about the joys of drinking wine and alcohol. That's a much better message, isn't it, than telling me I'm a sinner who needs to repent. Tell me about the joys of drinking alcohol. I'd rather go listen to that message. If I'm choosing, just in my flesh, if I'm choosing, why would I want to go listen to Micah tell me about my sin and my need of repentance when... This other guy is doing a series of messages on the joys of drinking alcohol. I'd rather go listen to that, because that message makes me happy. Sometimes you'll see a family with two different parenting styles. One parent is telling their kids to toe the line, sit up straight. The other one is wanting to be their child's friend and lets the kids do what they like. And while the child will tend to gravitate toward the permissive parent when they're young, many times as an adult... They'll regret not listening to the more disciplined parent. In Pastor Dan's teaching today, you'll be hearing these two sides represented in the prophet Micah and the false prophets of the time. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Micah chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. really what they said. Don't tell us what's right. We don't want to hear the truth. Tell us nice things. Tell us pleasant things that we like to hear. Lie to us if you have to. So the nation, as they moved away from God as a nation and as a culture and as a society, they'd rather hear a lie than the truth. They'd rather believe a lie than the truth. Doesn't that sound like the days we live in today? If you're taking notes, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables to myths, to lies. The time will come when people, professing Christians is what he's talking about here, people who name the name of Christ will no longer endure sound doctrine, but instead they'll look for teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. They'll reject the truth for myths, for fables, for lies. Look at verse 6 again. The people don't want the prophets to tell them the truth. So God says, so they shall not prophesy to you. God gives them what they desire. No prophets will prophesy. If a person doesn't want God in their life, God will reach a point where he gives that person what they desire. I think of Jesus when he went to Gadara on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. 
And the people of Gadara asked him to leave and he got in a boat and he left. He didn't even try to change their mind. They asked him to leave and he left. God will give you your desire. And Psalm 106 verse 15, listen to what it says. Speaking of Israel, God gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. When God gives a person his desire and that desire is not of the Lord, leanness of soul always accompanies it. If you desire something that God doesn't want you to have, that's against God's will, and you demand your way, eventually God will give you your way. But understand, leanness will come with that. Leanness of soul. So now look at God's rebuke in verse 7. Look what he says here. You who are named the house of Jacob, is the spirit of the Lord restricted? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to him who walks uprightly? God says here, you're the house of Jacob. You're the chosen people of God. To you were committed the oracles of God. To you was given the law and the commandments and the covenant. Jacob, how can it be that you of all people don't want to hear God's word? How can it be that you of all people don't want God to speak to you? You of all people think God's word is foolish prattle. Is the spirit of the Lord restricted? Are these his doings? Do not my words do good to him who walk uprightly? You're the house of Jacob. You know that my word is good. You know that my word does good to him who walks uprightly. More than any nation on the face of the earth. And the word of the Lord does good to him who walks uprightly. That's true, isn't it? That's why you should read your Bible every day. That's why you should study it. That's why you should hide it in your heart. Because the Bible just does you good. And here, listen, the house of Jacob, the house of Jacob, the people of Israel, God's chosen people, they got to the point where they don't want to hear the word of God. They no longer want the word of God. What has happened to the nation? How did they ever end up here? When the New Testament, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it says of the church, listen, the church, the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. And what does that mean? Well, as the pillar of the truth, the church should uphold the truth to the culture. Here's the truth, the word of God. The church is the pillar of the truth and the church is the ground of the truth as the ground of the truth. The church should be the structure in society that holds the truth in place. No matter what society is doing and the culture is doing all around us, the church should be the one place that is holding fast to the truth and holding the truth in place and doesn't allow the truth to be moved or set aside or changed in any way. That's the role of the church in the world, in society, to hold up the truth of Scripture to society and to keep the truth in its place, to hold fast to the truth. But the Bible tells us that just like Israel in the Old Testament, in the last days, professing Christians will not endure sound doctrine, as I just read. They'll turn away from the truth. 
They'd rather listen to fables than the truth of God's word. First Timothy chapter four, verse one says in the last days, people will depart from the faith and give heed to listen, seducing spirits and the doctrines of demons talking about the church in the last days. Parts of the church will be seduced by demonic teaching. And turn away from the truth, fall away from the truth and instead embrace Doctrines of demons. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three, in the last days, there will be a falling away. From the faith. So we can look at Israel in the Old Testament and say, what happened to Israel? How did the people of God ever get to the point where they don't even want to hear the word of God anymore, where they're telling the prophets to be quiet? We don't want to hear that. How in the world could that happen? Well, that's going to characterize the church in the last days as well. And again, I would say we see it happening. You're smart people. You see it. This turning away from the truth. And verse 8 says, Lately, my people have risen up as an enemy. You pull off the robe with the garment from those who trust you as they pass by like men return from the war. Notice in verse eight, God still calls them my people. He doesn't say those people. (laughs) He says my people. He says my people, Israel, have risen up as enemies. God's own people acted like his enemies. Like they were against him. Professing Christians sometimes can act more like enemies of God than children of God. And the way that they act and the way they behave, their manner of life and their criticism and rejection of the word of God. Again, that is very prevalent today. Christians who are rejecting the plain teaching of the word of God, but they still say I'm a Christian, but I totally reject these things that are in the Bible. These things aren't true. This deconstructing of your faith that's so popular now. These are all the parts of Christianity that I don't believe, but I'm still a Christian. Really? God says that my own people are like enemies to me now. They're so against me. They're so against my word. They're so against my ways. They're so against my commands. Look at verse eight again. The people have become so evil. They even take the shirt off the back of a friend who trusts them. You know, Jesus said in the last days, lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. The women of my people you cast out from their pleasant houses, from their children, you have taken away my glory forever. They mistreated the most vulnerable in their society, confiscating the homes of the women and the children. The idea here being widows. Because it was in their power to do so. Who's going to stop them? Who's going to prevent them from doing this? The most vulnerable in society had no recourse. God says, you've taken away my glory forever. The people of Israel were unique in that God's law commanded them to care for the widows and the orphans, to protect them and to provide for the most vulnerable in society. But the nation turned its back on God, turned its back on God's law, and the widows and the orphans became targets in the nation. They were easy prey. For people in power. And this shows the low state of morality in the society. 
when it's acceptable to mistreat and abuse the widows and the orphans. You can tell a lot about a society morally by how that society treats the most vulnerable people in their society. How they classify them. Do they protect them or do they care for them? Or do they take advantage of them? He says in verse 10, Arise and depart, for this is not your rest. Because it is defiled, it shall destroy. Yes, with utter destruction. He's talking about the land. The land of Israel was intended to be their resting place. But God will remove them from their land and send them into a foreign land as captives. And the land will be destroyed. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, look what he says in verse 11. If a man should walk in a false spirit and speak a lie, saying, I will prophesy to you of wine and drink. Even he would be the prattler of this people. Here's what's happening in Israel at this point. The people didn't want to hear from the true prophets of God who were telling them the truth, but they listened to these false prophets. They don't want to hear what the truth is, but they want to hear from a false prophet And listen, the false prophets were always more popular than the true prophets. It was Elijah against the 450 prophets of Baal. There was one prophet of God, Yahweh, the true and living God, and there was 450 false prophets. The false prophets were always more popular than the true prophets. Why were the false prophets so popular? Because they told the people what they wanted to hear instead of what they needed to hear. And so their message was just more popular. The people needed to hear that they're in sin and that their sins separate them from God and that they were heading towards judgment if they didn't repent and turn back to God for forgiveness. Just as we need to hear that, just as we need to hear the gospel. Just as we need to hear that we're all dead in our trespasses and sins and we need to put our faith in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for our sins and his resurrection to receive the forgiveness of sins and to receive salvation. But the false prophets told the people not what they needed to hear, but what they wanted to hear. They appealed to the carnal nature. Look what it says. They preached about the joys of drinking wine and alcohol. That's a much better message, isn't it? Than telling me I'm a sinner who needs to repent. Tell me about the joys of drinking alcohol. I'd rather go listen to that message. If I'm choosing just in my flesh, if I'm choosing Why would I want to go listen to Micah tell me about my sin and my need of repentance when this other guy is doing a series of messages on the joys of drinking alcohol? I'd rather go listen to that because that message makes me happy. That message makes me feel good about myself. It makes me feel good about my sin. 
I kind of like that you're not bringing up my sin at all in this message. You're kind of condoning my sin here by telling me that it's good for me to just drink as much as I want. Again, people will look for teachers that tickle the ear. Don't tell me the truth. Tell me something pleasant. And God says here, it's the false prophets that are the prattlers. Now, Charles Feinberg, in his commentary that he wrote in 1948, by the way, he said, it cannot be emphasized too strongly that the primary reason for the rise of the order of false prophets was the unpopular character of the message of the true prophets. Every age has those who are more eager for the approval of men rather than the praise that comes from God. And our age is surely no exception. It just was a more popular message because it appealed to the flesh and it appeals to the sin nature. And at the same time, you're always going to have teachers that are seeking the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now, that brings us to verse 12. And verse 13. This has been kind of a pretty doom and gloom message up to now, hasn't it? Well, now in verse 12, God gives us hope. The country of Israel is going down the tubes. As we've seen here in Micah. But that's not the end of the story. There's hope. There's a future for the people of Israel. And for us, the application for us, the days we live in are very unsettling days. Things seem to be heading the wrong direction in the world. We may be on the verge of World War III. But at the same time, the Bible tells us God's plan for this world and God's plan for us, his people, the church. And we know from Scripture that Christ will one day descend in the clouds and take his church to heaven in the rapture of the church. And the rapture is imminent. Jesus Christ could come for his church at any moment. For his church. Wouldn't that be wonderful before we even say amen to be in the presence of the Lord? The Bible says in a moment in the twinkling of an eye will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And Paul says comfort one another with these words. The Lord's coming back for his church. That should be a comfort to us as believers. We should comfort one another with that reminder. The Lord could come today. If not today, maybe tomorrow he'll come. And we know from the Bible that there will be a time of tribulation on the earth like nothing the world has ever seen. And at the end of the tribulation, Jesus Christ will return and great power and glory to the earth and establish his kingdom on the earth. And the Bible tells us that we will return from heaven with him to the earth at that time when Jesus returns to reign over all the earth as king of kings and lord of lords. And we'll be with him. And during his reign on the earth, there'll be no more corruption. There'll be no more tyranny, no more violence, no more oppression, no more war. There'll be perfect justice, righteousness on the earth under the rule of King Jesus. And so when we look at the world that we're living in and we look at what's happening and how bad it looks, we have to remember that God has a plan for this world and that this isn't the end of the story. And that his plan will unfold one day. His plan will come to pass according to his word. And here in verses 12 and 13, God gives the good news for Israel. And God jumps ahead to the future when Israel is restored. Let me just read verses 12 and 13 for us. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. 
all of you, both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. And they shall make a loud noise because of so many people. And the one who breaks open will come up before them and they will break out and they'll pass through the gate and go out by it. And their king will pass before them with the Lord. Notice it's in all capital letters, Yahweh, with the Lord at their head. And here the Lord is looking ahead. And he's looking ahead, not to the restoration of Israel after the captivity. He's even looking beyond that. He's looking ahead to the restoration of Israel in the kingdom age after Jesus Christ returns to the earth and establishes his kingdom on the earth. He will assemble the remnant of Israel. You remember this timeline. You've got the crucifixion, resurrection of Jesus. And then after that begins the church age. The church age ends with the rapture of the church to heaven. Sometime after the rapture of the church, you have the seven year tribulation period that begins with the Antichrist signing that covenant for seven years that's described in Daniel chapter nine. And then you have seven years on the earth of tribulation, God pouring out his wrath upon the earth. His judgment, and then Jesus Christ comes at the end of the seven year tribulation at the battle of Armageddon, and he comes back in part, to rescue the people of Israel at that time. And then he establishes his kingdom on the earth. The kingdom age begins a thousand years with Jesus Christ ruling upon the earth and reigning as king of kings. And the earth returns to Eden-like conditions. And then after the kingdom age, you've got the great white throne judgment, the new heaven, the new earth, the eternal state. We all live happily ever after at that point. But here in verses 12 and 13, he's looking ahead to that kingdom age when Jesus Christ returns to the earth in part to rescue the remnant of Israel. And this is when he assembles the remnant of Israel that he's describing here in verse 12. He describes Israel as his flock. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. So he describes Israel as his flock. And we've talked about that a lot recently. Remember Ezekiel 34, God said he would come and he himself would search for his lost sheep. And he would bring his lost sheep back together, back into the fold. Speaking of Jesus Christ. Notice in verse 12, it says the sheep of the fold. And you might have a footnote in your Bible for that verse. That word fold in Hebrew is basra. Basra, your translation might even say Basra there. Basra can be translated as a proper name. There is a place called Basra in the ancient world. It's located in modern day Jordan. And so some translations say Basra here instead of sheepfold. So the sheep of Basra, and it's not really clear. Is it talking about a sheepfold in general? Or is it talking about the sheep of Basra? Many believe it's talking about the place, Basra. Again, Basra was an ancient city in modern-day Jordan. Many believe it's the ancient city of Petra. Petra is shaped like a sheepfold. It has a very narrow entry, and then it opens up into a very broad area, and it's surrounded by mountains on every side. And so it's shaped like a sheepfold. Say that ten times fast. Yeah. 
Thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton on Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan has been opening up the book of Micah to us in this series. This book reminds us that God remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you have questions about today's message, or if we can pray for you, please take a moment to get in contact with us. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We would love to see you in person if you're in the area. We meet Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 and 12.30 p.m., as well as on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Check out our website for more information, calvaryec.com. Or you can ask for more information when you call. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. If you've been enjoying these studies from Ring of Truth, we'd like to invite you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You'll be notified each time we post a new edition of the show. You can also listen to more messages on our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's more to discover in this study of the book of Micah, so we encourage you to continue reading. Pastor Dan will be opening God's Word again next time you join us, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.